Hello everyone and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I'm your host, Ellie Hope Collins, and I am glad that you're here today. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we step into healing from divorce, trauma, and betrayal. Because Jesus has already extended everything to us, and sometimes he's inviting us to step in and receive that for ourselves. We are entering into a new podcast series right now, which I'm really excited about. And it's all about living reclaimed. So for the next six weeks, we're going to talk about the things in our life that have been stolen and how to reclaim them, whether those things are physical or otherwise, a little bit more abstract. We are going to step into areas of our life to receive the healing that has already been extended from Jesus. Not because of something that we have done, but because of everything that he has done. Reclaiming is something that I discovered while I was going through a divorce three, like three and a half years ago. I went through a divorce after I discovered my ex-husband's affair and I was devastated. And after that experience, I felt paralyzed in my fear and in avoidance of places that began to feel untouchable, places that reminded me of the pain of my broken marriage. This this really had to do with a lot of restaurants that we went to together, a lot of coffee shops and bars that we would go to together. And I would just drive past these places and my heart would ache. My heart was like, ugh, I can never go back there again because of what happened. And I began to live in avoidance. But as I was became aware of this, I realized I, I realized that I was living in avoidance. And and I began to make a list of the of places. And one by one, I went back to those places and I took them back for myself. And I began calling this process reclaiming because it's all about taking back what has been stolen or what has felt stolen. And whether this is a physical place like a restaurant or whether it's a little bit more abstract, like I said, we are going to talk about this in the next few weeks, all about reclaiming. In this particular episode, we're going to talk about our perspective of God right after a tragedy. What is our perspective of God? Whether that's a personal tragedy, a family tragedy, a citywide tragedy, or a national or global tragedy. It doesn't matter. What is our perspective of God? What does he think about the tragedy? What was his role in the tragedy? And what is he going to do post-tragedy? We have a perspective of this and and we have an idea of who God is. And we're going to talk about maybe what is that view that we have about him? What is our view of God right now? And maybe how can we adjust it if it's not correct? Because the truth is, I believe that you can have wrong views of God. You can have wrong views of who he is, of what his intent is, and we need to look at these and adjust them because if they are wrong, how does that affect our lives? If they're wrong, if we believe that God is sitting up in, you know, on a, on a 
on a cloud, sitting on a throne, mad, sad, and disappointed by the choices we've made and and who we've decided to be, if he's sitting up there and he is angry and he is ready to smite us at any moment, that is going to affect the way that we view tragedy. That's going to affect the way that we view things that happened in our life. We're going to think of God as, as this man who's just wrathful, ready to smite us at any moment. I'm here to tell you that that is not God. That is not who he is. And that is not how he has, how he is seeing your life circumstances. God is not mad, sad, and disappointed. He is a caring father who truly cares about what you're going through. We're entering this post-quarantine time of life right now. We are kind of opening up our doors. We're going to restaurants, hopefully wearing our masks and still practicing some social distancing. But over the last several months, we have been quarantined um, because of the coronavirus. I'm recording this in June of 2020, and it has been a weird time to say the least. It's been weird. For the last several months, coronavirus has shut down things. And, and you know, we have been isolated in a lot of ways. Not only that, just about a month ago, the death of George Floyd here in the city that I live, actually, I live in St. Paul, Minneapolis, where he died and was killed. Because of this, we have been facing and having a lot of really hard and important and beautiful conversations around race, police brutality, and what we think of when we think about privilege. These conversations have been so important, but what has happened in this year is there's been a lot of shakeups. There's been a lot of shakeups in what we think. And in these tragedies that have happened personally and corporately, we have an opportunity to analyze and see what we actually think about God. I want to read a verse for you. This is in Exodus 3-7. So this is the story of the burning bush. For those of you that are unaware of this story, um, it's a beautiful story. Moses was an Israelite who was actually all the, the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. Moses was saved and he was actually, he grew up in Pharaoh's house. So he was an Israelite who grew up in Pharaoh's house. And so he had some power there. He was escaping because he killed an, an Egyptian and he escaped to kind of the wilderness and the desert. He found a wife and he is taking care of his, his family and he finds himself in on a mountain where he sees a bush that is burning and this bush is burning but it's not burning if that makes sense <laughs> this bush is not being consumed by the fire and as he's looking at this he hears the voice of God come from the burning bush and what does this burning bush say what does God say in there he reveals himself to Moses and he says I am God 
I care, and I am calling you to go back to Egypt and bring my people out of captivity, to bring them into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And that, I mean, this story goes on for a long time where God is talking to Moses and Moses is talking back and he's like, I am not adequate. I can't do this. You've got the wrong guy. But God insists and he insists and he says, no, you will go back to Egypt and you will call my people to be free. And in verse 7, this is so beautiful in verse 7 of Exodus chapter 3. And it says, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. My people are the Israelites. God is talking about the Israelites there. I have surely seen the affliction of my people in in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So God is saying here really important things, three important things that I want to I want to talk about today. This is what God says. He says, he says, surely he has seen the affliction. He also says that he has heard their cry and he knows their suffering. So God sees the affliction. He sees the affliction that you are going through. He sees it. He sees what has happened to you. He's heard your cry. The days and and nights and hours and months and years of crying out to God because of your taskmaster, he's heard it. He has heard your cries for help. The Israelites have been enslaved for 430 years, a long time. They've been enslaved and in all of that time, God has heard their cries. And then finally, it says, I know their suffering. God knows your suffering. He knows what is happening. He knows the pain that you are experiencing and the pain that you have gone through because of whatever it is. Whatever your Egypt is, God knows the suffering. And he's able and willing to bring you out. Hi guys, it's Ellie. I'm just going to interrupt my conversation with myself to talk about some two very exciting new developments that I have in my ministry, Hope Reclaimed. First is the Healing from Divorce online course. This is an eight-week-long program for men and women healing from divorce and marital separation. The Healing from Divorce online course is a place where you dive into areas of your life that need to be reclaimed because of the brokenness of your marriage. This is a place to draw you closer to God in Christ-centered healing. It is possible to heal from divorce and it's possible to heal well. You can find that information in my show notes as well as at hopereclaimedministries.com. That's hopereclaimedministries.com. 
And second of all, I want to tell you about the Reclaimed Community. This is a support group that I host for men and women healing from divorce. We have moved to a website and there is a forum where you can dialogue with other people who are healing from divorce, as well as get information about in-person and virtual gatherings for the reclaimed community. If you are a man or a woman healing from divorce or marital separation, this is the place for you to find community and to find connection. This is a free group. So if you'd like more information, please head over to my website, hopereclaimedministries.com. So then after he says that he sees and he hears and he knows, he then tells Moses, it's time for them to leave Egypt and come into the promised land. That is who God is. God is the God who sees, who hears, and who knows, and who is, who says that it is time to leave. It's time to leave Egypt and go to the promised land. So, of course, the Israelites have been enslaved for, like I said, over 400 years. And that is a long time. That's a long time to be enslaved, a long time to be crying out and and hopeful that things are going to be different, crying out for, for, for freedom. You may be here in this season and you may be crying out for a long time, a long time, but you can know that God sees, he hears, and he knows what you're going through. So like I said, right now in our world, we are doing some digging. We are digging into our thoughts on race, on, on how, to, how to change our policies, what should be done, what shouldn't be done. And, you know, we're thinking about the coronavirus, what this has been. For so many of you, this year, 2020, has been the hardest year of your life. Maybe that's because you've lost your job. Maybe you are every single week applying for unemployment. That is challenging. You never thought that that would be your story, that you'd have to depend on unemployment to pay the bills. Many of you haven't hugged a family member in a really long time. Many of you have lost family members because of this, this disease. Many people have lost family members because of racial injustice. Many people have, you know, not not seen a family member because of fear of getting exposed to the coronavirus. Many of you have were practically locked in your home with your family, with a spouse, with, with your children, and you felt kind of like a prisoner. Many of you were faced with the reality that your marriage was not the way that you thought it would be. Some of you have you really dived into that and improved your marriage and 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 worked really hard. And some of you have done that hard work and are facing a divorce now because of this quarantine. Many of you are facing divorce because of what's happened this year. I want you to do some hard work this week. And look at how you view God in the middle of your tragedy. Whether that was this year or 20 years ago, how do you view the tragedy that happened in your life? And where is God in it? 
Do you see God as a God who sees, who hears, and who knows, and who calls you into a promised land? Or do you see him as a mad, sad, angry, disappointed God who's sitting in the clouds and just expecting perfection from you? 2020 has been a breaking point for so many people. And we are in a unique situation right now where we can choose how to respond. We can choose how to change our personal lives by changing the way that we view God in our tragedy. So right now, let's look at that. So my definition of reclaiming in in my definition, in Hope Reclaim's definition, it's identifying a fearful and painful internal reaction to a place or thing, choosing to face it head on, and create a new positive association. So like I said, when I was going through a divorce, I, I did this. I went back to places physically. I made a spreadsheet and I went back to reclaim particular areas of my life. And I felt that I was being healed in doing this by creating new memories and, and intentionally stepping in to these areas that felt painful. So whether this is a physical place for you or whether it is your relationship with God, reclaiming can be an important thing to do right now. When we are in a reclaiming event, three things need to take place. So let's say that you are back at a restaurant with a friend ready to reclaim a particular place. So you're ready to make a new memory with your friend who's with you. And three things need to happen in order for reclaiming to take place, in my opinion, (laughs) in my definition. Reclaiming, you need to remember. You need to remember what happened. You need to remember the memories that you have in that place. Let's say in that restaurant that you're in. You bring up the memories and you step into them. You're not white knuckling your way through this to just avoid all the memories. You are remembering. You're bringing those things to mind. Now, the second thing that you do in a reclaiming event is you relay those memories. You relay it to a friend or to whoever is with you. So you remember and then you relay. Whether it's the memories, you talk about them or the emotions, actually, and or, <laughs> you do that as well. You, you relay the memories and you relay the emotions. What are the emotions that are coming up right now? Right now, I am feeling scared. Right now, I am feeling angry. <laughs> right now, I'm feeling really sad because I remember how I sat in that booth with my, with my ex and, you know, it was that day that he told me he loved me for the first time. Whatever the memory is, talk about it relay it to your reclaiming buddy. And then finally, we recognize. So we remember, we relay, and we recognize. We recognize that healing is taking place. We recognize that it's a process. So we remember the emotions, the memories, we relay it to a friend, and we recognize. Recognize that healing is happening. 
A lot of times that last one is really hard because it feels like no process, no progress is being made, but that's what we have to do. So how can we have a reclaiming event in reclaiming our faith in God? How can we have a reclaiming event in reclaiming the way that we view God in our tragedy? Well, we remember what happened. We got to do that. We have to remember what happened. Whatever your tragedy is, talk about it. Remember it. I love journaling. I'm an avid journaler. I journal every single day. Um, a lot of times my my husband, um, I, I recently got remarried. And a lot of times he'll say, oh, do you remember um, when we did this? And um, when we had that conversation, I said, oh, yeah, I can check my journal. <laughs> because I, I journal kind of everything. I love doing it. But what I like to do is I like to journal what happened in a day. I like to journal the things that I'm processing. And that turns into a prayer for me. So I want to encourage you to remember what happened. Whatever it is that was a tragedy in your life, in terms of reclaiming how we view God in our tragedy, remember what happened and tell God about it. Relay what happened to God. Not because he doesn't know it, because of course he knows everything, but it's more of saying it as a prayer. It's more about talking to him about it and bringing it to him as a prayer. Saying, God, this is what happened. And if you're feeling like you don't know where he was in it, or if you're feeling that he left you in it, tell him about that. God can take your emotion. God can take your cries for help, your anger, your your sadness, your disappointment in him. God can take it. So relay that to him. And then I want to encourage you to, in in a part of this reclaiming process, get to know God. Get to know him, not in the way that we think that we should know him, maybe because of the ways that we've imagined him to be in our minds as sitting up in heaven with arms crossed, uh, mad, sad, and disappointed at us. But get to know him as the good and faithful father that he is, as the comforter, as the the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Get to know him on that level. A great way to start this is to pick up the Bible. So the, the Bible says that Jesus is the exact representation of the father on earth. So a great thing that we can do to get to know God is to read your Bible. You didn't think I was going to say this, did you? Yes, read your Bible. I love reading the stories of Jesus because when we read about Jesus, we get to know God because obviously Jesus is God. However, (laughs) Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, So when we read the stories of Jesus in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we get to know God. If you're struggling with who God is and and reframing who God is for you, pick up your Bible and read the book of John. The book of John is probably the most personal of the Gospels. 
it's it's a beautiful story of who God of who Jesus is. It's it's a lot of him talking and teaching. It's wonderful. So I would encourage you to read that book and get to know Jesus a little bit. The book of John is found in the New Testament. And if you have any questions about reading the Bible, reach out to me. I would love to help you get started in just reading the Bible, getting to know who he is. Another great way to do this is to listen to worship music. Worship music is an awesome way to connect with the Lord. I love music. I'm a musician myself. And so music is is really naturally a way that I can connect with God and um, kind of break through some of the insecurities that I have or, or some just some struggle in connection with God. I love worshiping. And in my worship, I pray. So a lot of times the, the music is going and, and I, I mean, I listen to worship music loudly in my house, <laughs> in my apartment. I just listen. But sometimes I sing along and sometimes I just let the music go and then I pray out loud. I pray out loud as the music is happening or I, I turn off the music or I turn on just instrumental and I pray out loud to God. I talk to him. I tell him what's going on and then I also listen because God is real, you guys. God is a real God who has real emotions, who has real thoughts about his children and guess what? You're his child. So if we talk to him, We can trust that he will actually talk back. Now, the way that God speaks is different for each person. And sometimes it takes some time to get to know how he speaks to you. I was just having a conversation with a friend who who was a little bit frustrated that she wasn't necessarily seeing or hearing God speak to her, like hearing words. But then she was talking about how he speaks through circumstances and through words of encouragement from other friends. That is a way that God speaks to us. Maybe you don't hear him in your mind or you think, okay, that's just my thoughts. That's okay. But God wants to speak to you, whether that's through nature or through music, through the word of God, like the Bible, through other people, whatever it is. He wants to speak to you. And sometimes we need to just be a little bit more aware of how he's speaking to us. But it's wonderful and a great practice to pray out loud, to pray to him, to talk to him and expect that he is going to listen to us in return. And the way that I do that is, um, is yes, through my words, through my physical words, but also through, like I said, journaling. I love to journal and and a lot of times I write down my prayers because that's a way that I can stay focused on praying and I'm not getting easily distracted. But then I can also look back. I can look back on my journals and say, wow, I've really come a long way or God answered that prayer or, or this is how he spoke to me through that. And then I can write that down as well. But these are all steps that we can take to reclaim how we view God in the tragedy that we have gone through. Whether that's just surviving the quarantine of 2020, or if you are processing the pain of a broken marriage after this really painful time. Whatever it is, for many of us, there's been a tragedy. 
How can we reframe and reclaim how we view God in the circumstance? We can remember that God sees us. He has seen you in your Egypt, in your suffering. He has heard your cries for help. And he knows the suffering that you have gone through. It may have felt like 400 years this year. Maybe it has felt like a really long time. But he is faithful to deliver you. To deliver you from the pain of whatever it is that you have gone through. That is the God that I want you to get to know. That's the God that is the real God. He is the one who is not sitting up there disappointed in your process and angry at at where you are or who you are. That's not him. He sees, he hears, he knows, he is compassionate, and he is faithful to deliver you to the promised land. That's the truth. God loves you so much. These next few weeks, we're going to be talking more about this. We're going to talk about different aspects of our lives that need to be reclaimed. Now that maybe we've had a little bit of a reframing of how we view God, how do we view ourselves? We're going to talk about identity. We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about sexuality. And uh, yeah, we're going to dive into some really deep things here. I'm really looking forward to it. But remember that God is faithful and he is good. He cares about your circumstance. He cares about what you're going through. If this podcast is resonating with you, please, please, please take a screenshot, share it on social media, and let people know. It really does help this podcast grow. I want to grow this tribe and I want people to know about what's going on here. If you're finding this helpful at all, give it a rating on iTunes as well and write a review because it really does help me out. You can find me on social media at hope underscore reclaimed. Find some encouragement there for the divorce and the the struggles that you're having right now. Remember, you are not alone. There is healing and there is redemption in Jesus. And there's always hope. Hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.